Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Say hello, Al. Hi, Robin. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm extremely excited about our new series, which you're going to talk about. So uh, great to be here and looking forward to it. I'm very excited as well, and uh, we've got some new sponsors, so I'm going to get through those quick, and then I'll uh, do a bit of an intro. So today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group, where we believe Sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help businesses like yours get the most out of your biggest investment, your people. So today, Al, we're going to do something a little different, as you mentioned. As I've been recording, because I started a little bit before you, recording the podcast for over two years now, I realized that I've always been a fan of this format. Even before podcasts existed, I would be stealing my brother's Tony Robbins tapes to listen to. Remember those cassette tapes? Oh, of course. And eventually that led to CDs and DVDs. And now, of course, you and I host and listen to a lot of podcast uh, shows ourselves. And what I like about this format is that you can learn something new during my net time. And do you know what I mean when I say net time, Al? I do, but you're going to tell me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you anyway, just in case you don't know, but I love this. It stands for no extra time. And let's face it, we're all running around, you know, most of the day. And in fact, I'd say I attend more meetings now than pre-COVID times because of Zoom and Teams and WebEx and all those sorts of things. So I don't get a lot of time to invest during the day to learning new things like that. But driving home my car or going for a run, I have a choice. I can do nothing or I can listen to a podcast and maybe learn something. So just going back to those Tony Robbins tapes of my brothers all those years ago, I remember a phrase that really stuck with me over the years and that has really helped shape the direction of my career. And that phase is success leaves clues. And the idea behind it is that successful people are successful for a reason. They have certain habits, skills they've developed over years, or even a different way of looking at the world. Tony Robbins used to say that if you wanted to be successful, all you had to do was find someone who was already successful, model that same behavior, and you'd reap the same rewards. So for our new series aptly named Success Leaves Clues, we're interviewing very successful people from all different walks of life. It's not lost on Al and I that we are really blessed with what we get to do for a living, and this just really sweetens the pot. And with that said, let's get started. We're really excited to be sitting down with Vince Danielson, who is the Chief Executive Officer of InLive and Wello, the virtual healthcare company you all know very well and love. Welcome to the show, Vince. Hey, Al. Hey, Robin. Great to be on your show today, and uh, thanks for making me part of it. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. And Vince, I don't want to give too much away about what we're going to talk about, but I did want to cover off your journey and your bio, because I think you have had a really interesting journey. So after a hard-won battle with cancer as a teenager, 
you went on to spend eight years as a Calgary Stampede receiver, winning two Grey Cup championships, both in 1998 and 2001. And you commented that you feel football showed you the value of growing strong teams and learn that people achieve amazing things when they work together. And I love that. That's awesome. So with that history, Vince, how do you end up as a health entrepreneur? Take us back to being a young man diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, I, you know, when I look at our, our lives and the things that we do that you know, we're really passionate about, it all starts with a story. And when you look at our lifelines, a lot of the things that we do going forward, you can pick up these clues from the past. And so for me, at 15 years old, being diagnosed with cancer was one of these really key inflection points. I was actually with the doctor, Dr. Susan O'Reilly, who cured me in British Columbia back in 1986. And she was over to dinner with my mom and I last week. And she said to me, you know, Vince, you had this stage three cancer and we had never cured a teenager with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when stage three cancer. And I'm at the table with my mom and it hit me. I always knew I was grateful to be here, but it hit me that this gratefulness of what the healthcare system did for me. And my mom and I were in the kitchen after, and my mom said, well, I'm, I'm sure so glad she didn't tell us that at the time. <laughs> but um, I, I just want to say that this story in my life like really imprinted me. And it's why I'm in healthcare. It's why I'm a leader in healthcare. It's why the mission of our company is, is so critical because we are really creating these stories for so many other people through innovation, through teamwork across the healthcare system. And not only grateful to be here, but grateful to be uh, leading such a great organization and a group of people. Yeah, for sure. That is a powerful story. When we were getting ready for this podcast, I went on and uh, was looking at your bio and learning a little bit more about your company. One thing that stood out for me was a little video and I watched it and I even forwarded it to Robin. And I said, uh, Robin, you're going to love watching this. And it was a video that you had posted and it's a ritual that you have apparently every day that you talk about in the video and apologize if I get the name wrong, but it's 101010. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that is for anyone who hasn't seen the video? Yeah, uh, you, you hit it on. You're right with the 101010. And uh, yeah, like I'll, ju I'll just say that, you know, I think mental health in our life is so key. I grew up uh, in sports and playing football and the physical side of life and all those things and keeping in shape but it really is our mental health, which is the most important. And mental health now, especially with the pandemic, it was already tough, but we are just like in corporations that we deal with. It's, it, you know, mental health conditions, it's served up 600%. And so what is this 10, 10, 10 really all about? It's not just a ritual. It's kind of a way I wake up in the morning and get my life and my mental health and my brain and my soul ready for the day. So what I do, the very first thing I do is 10 minutes of gratefulness. And so right away in your day before you're stressed out, you're thinking about all the things coming, I journal the things I'm grateful for. And uh, I write those out. And it gives me this positive feeling right away about the things that are good in my life. The second thing that I do is I meditate for 10 minutes. And I go on the Calm app, actually. I've used the Calm app and really try and build my mindfulness. And I meditate and I go through different series within the, the Calm app, which I really love. And, and that gives me this sense of, you know, the waves are happening in our lives and you get this stillness and a place to anchor to as you're taking uh, those on. And then the last 10 minutes is reading something that is either could be business or personal that is inspiring. And it could be just quick a book I'm reading, quick pages and thinking about it. So it's a ritual I started. It, it took me a couple of months to create a habit. It's a kind of a cliche, 
And I kept on doing it and kept on doing it. Even if I missed a day, I'd go back. And uh, now if I look at it, you know, here I am three years later, it's just part of my life and part of what I do. And I do it with my kids now. We journal together and I talk to my wife about what I've journaled. And so it's just been a big part of my life. And I think it's uh, really helped my mental health and uh, my happiness. I have to ask, how do your kids find that? Like when you first brought it up to them and said, hey, you might want to try this. What was their reaction? Yeah, I think they looked at me like, it's just another crazy thing dad's doing, right? (laughs) (laughs) How do they think about that? I mean, I think about it a certain way, but uh, just being really actually quite open with them and, and sharing what I'm writing. That's kind of how I started. Hey, you know, here's what dad's excited about today. And, and I'll actually read it with them and we'll go through it a bit. And, and so I think starting, I think a leadership for myself is really starting with yourself, not going out and through change and saying, you know, here's what I'd like you to do. It's much more so like, here's what I'm passionate about. Here's what I'm doing, being vulnerable, being open and transparent. And then your kids see that and then they're able to say, oh, wow. Okay. Dad opened that. Okay. I'm going to write something down here. So, and sometimes they write just like the simplest things like I'm excited to go to school today or we have no school today. I'm really excited about that. (laughs) I think just opening up and um, yeah, and being vulnerable and it's been good. Vince, you touched on gratitude and I I want to go back because I have an occasion to talk about that as well. So my dad recently passed away and, and everyone who knows me uh, knows how proud I am. He was in my industry for 40 odd years and it's the reason why I do what I do. And, and that's, you know, when we talk about purpose, that's my purpose. But I remember dad in his later years of life. I mean, he had a whole host of things going on. But I remember specifically going to the one of the doctors and they asked him on a scale of one to 10, how much pain are you in? And he kind of looked at us because the whole family was there and he looked at us and he didn't want to answer. And he finally did answer. And on a scale of one to 10, he was in eight and eight out of 10, and none of us knew because he never complained about anything. And after that, you know, I sat with him at his home and I said, you know, are are you okay? Is everything okay? And he said, I'm grateful. He's grateful for the life that he had and the kids and the opportunities. And it was shortly after that, this is going back a few years, it was shortly after that, like you, I started every morning, started practicing gratitude. And certain people, when you say you're practicing gratitude, they might look at you a little bit funny. But I can tell you from personal experience, the moment you practice gratitude and really commit to it and really believe in it, your life will change, your direction of your life, your journey will absolutely change in a positive way. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's something that especially other business leaders need to hear. Everyone looks to you to be the boss and always know what you're doing and maybe not be vulnerable. But I think you set an example, not only to your kids, but other business leaders that hey, this is something that is really good for your mental health. And this can lead you forward in in a very positive direction. So I really appreciate you sharing that. First of all, I wanted to say, I'm sorry to hear about your father and I lost my father years ago. I lost my brother this year, um, Uh, like you have. And and so I have a lot of empathy with that. But what kind of spurs those stories on is that when I think about gratitude, when things are happening really poorly, like it's these little silver linings that are there. If you're aware enough to try to search for them in that. And then when it comes to say, you know, when you're leading business or, or even our families is have you been a good architect of setting the space within your organizations where that can happen? And, you know, I give an example, we start every single meeting with value stories and good news stories in our company. If there's 60 meetings, there is 60 three minute opportunities to do that. And that is what leaders need to do is architect the space where you can share this gratitude for each other and then go on to your normal life. And we also, in my home, we have family meetings and we start with good news stories about the kids and Colleen and myself do that. So thinking a lot about that and being intentional for that space and not just thinking it'll, it'll happen. Absolutely. 
That's great. Can you talk a little bit about how to stay motivated? How do you stay positive all the time? Just from our conversation today, I mean, I can tell you're a very positive person. What has gotten you there? What keeps you motivated on a, on a regular basis? The first part is to really say that you're not positive all the time <laughs> and I'm not positive all the time. I, that's probably the, the first thing is, is to say is to normalize. How do you stay positive? To normalize. Life is difficult. And we all go through challenges and just because you can read a book and a cover, you don't really know what's happening. So I think getting into challenging situations, I, I do try to normalize it and say, you know, this is normal feelings. This is the way things are. And feeling that reality actually spurs you to be intentional to do something. The second thing I would say is that it's very important for the things that we do to have a very good mission and purpose, because if we love what we do, for instance, I love my work, there's so many challenges that you can anchor to that. It gives you this stability, which I think is really important. I think that surrounding ourselves with people that match our values takes away a lot of conflict and gray areas when we're in challenge. And, you know, does your spouse and you, do you really know what your values are? Do you share those with the people you work with, your friends? And I think when we do, it's amazing how uh, things become easier in challenge. Things click easier. And, and I think it's about that. And, and then the last thing I just say is like, it, you know, it's always nice just to reframe, reframe your lens in these challenges. And it can be done a few ways. You could read a book and it could reframe you. You may have a great friend that holds you accountable that can reframe you. But how do you see things from maybe a, just a bit of a different lens, I think is important. So, um, you know, all those are just small things that I try to use, but we're all the same. Challenges are challenges. They're real. And um, those are things that help me. Yeah, just expanding a little further on, on what you said, I mean, surrounding yourself with, with other positive people and kind of have the, the same mind space and maybe the same vision of where you want to go, whether it's a family or whether it's your company. And that is one of the hardest things I had to do in adult life. There are people that I had grown up with in my network that weren't necessarily going, had the same vision of, of life that they wanted and, and having to Sounds bad. It's about, you know, cut some of those people out. But the end result of, of where I am today, surrounded by positive people, whether it's in my company or, or personally, has been such a powerful tool in the journey to get where I'm going. Vince, I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier. And maybe we can take a, two steps to this question. I was hoping to ask you about some general insights into the status of healthcare today, especially in light of where we are with COVID-19. So maybe we'll leave that question for a second because I want to go back to you were talking about mental health concerns today. And just before the podcast, I was on Benefits Canada and I was reading an article and the number was staggeringly high. And if I get it wrong, I apologize to Benefits Canada, but it was, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of upwards 40% of Canadian workers are considering leaving their job. And when you dig into the article, part of the reason was they felt they weren't getting support on the well-being side or the mental health support, which is a little bit alarming to me because a lot of providers have done a very good job of building, especially in recent months, building very robust platforms. So it may just be an issue of lack of communication. But when I hear that, especially now with people working from home and feeling a little bit more isolated and maybe they're a little more vulnerable, that makes me concerned as an employer if someone is feeling that way and maybe I don't know about it. You're right. I mean, right now, I mean, 60% of Canadians have developed mental health concerns during the pandemic. And, and I always say like, it's just, it's been hard on everybody. I mean, I think that all of us sit on Zoom meetings and depending on what environment and kids coming home from school. And I mean, it's been a very difficult time um, for, for everyone. I think when it comes from an employer standpoint, you know, I really see employers as such an important part of our healthcare system in Canada. They always have been. 
They are the supporters of the ability to get drugs from the pharmacy and pay. They have so many great paramedical services. And then when you look at the employee assistance provider programs, the mental health programs, they've got such a great resource there. I think that what we're seeing now in the healthcare system is that there's been all these fragmented benefit offerings that are sitting there and the healthcare system is fragmented. What you're seeing now, which is really great, but we're doing it at Wello is you're seeing these technology platforms that are coming out that are not only giving people great access to care, but you're also watching them start to integrate the care together. And we've all been at a place watching a family member go through a complex healthcare And what's the biggest thing we're always worried about? Like, I can't figure out what that person's going to say to that person. How does my family doctor know what the specialist is doing? What do I do with this community resource? I mean, we're all put in this spot to be these navigators. You know, what's happening now, and, you know, well, as one of them is like, we are providing healthcare navigators inside these technology platforms, medical providers, like nurse practitioners that are actually able to take an employee and say, you have a mental health concern. Here is what your benefits can do let's connect you. Here is what a specialist referral, let's connect you. Here is what's happening within your need of your family doctor, let's connect that. And then let's be the coordinator of that care. And when that happens, beautiful health outcomes happen in the system. And I'm seeing that right now for the first time, I've been in 24 years, I have never seen the integration happening and it is technology and it is partners coming together and it's super exciting for the system. Very cool. Yeah, I love, you know, in the last several months, I've become more aware because I have to of all these platforms. And, you know, on a previous podcast, we had talked to Lori Castleman. And I mean, just the information and you really, again, going back to that passion for the business and really caring about helping people really comes through. And you can hear it as we're chatting with Lori, but I think you guys have done a really good job. And one of the things that Lori had touched on that I really liked was the continuity of care. So it wasn't a uh, one and done kind of visit. You know, you had someone that was going to look after you on that journey. So I think you guys have done a really, really good job there. Yeah, you know, I look at there's transactional conditions and there's conditions that need more continuum of care. And it's really important to understand that. And I think, you know, if if you have got a cold and you need a diagnosis, I mean, that's um, a bit transactional, not transactional that the care is transactional, just doesn't need a lot of follow up. But where the costs are for organizations are mental health, diabetes, cardiovascular, chronic pain. So what you're seeing now is the need for continuum because those are complex needs that need a lot of parties together. And to me, that is where the beauty is happening, I think, within the system. If leaders within healthcare can go out there and think about partnership over just owning Coming from a mind of this is going to take a lot of partners coming together to make this happen and getting that mindset. And then also really wanting to invest in the technology and the evolution of what's needed from a data perspective to move all those things together. Like COVID has sped up the change in healthcare in Canada. I'll throw it out there at 10 years minimum. It's incredible. And you know what? It's so good for the sustainability of the system. It's so good for Canadians. And think about that. I'm saying that during a pandemic. So it just goes to show you the silver linings are, are in there for those of us that are leaning forward to work together. Vince, as you're speaking and, and all through this episode of this podcast, I mean, you have such a fantastic story and very inspirational to someone like me. I, you know, I nerd out when it comes to running a business and, and being positive and using tools to make yourself a, b- a better version of yourself than you were the day before. And I hadn't planned on asking this question, but now I have to, because again, success leaves clues. I kind of want to know the answer from someone like yourself. What defines success for you? Great question. And I'll say back at you, Robin, that 
everyone's story is super powerful. Everyone's story, uh, yours is and Al's is like, it's all like within you and it's super inspiring. So it's great to be with, with you both. How do you define success? I think that I want to use the word balanced because there's so many spheres of our life. The other day I was working with a group on 10 year vision boards and we actually, you know, paint them out, get magazines. And I've, I've always done this and think about the board. There is, I've got it right beside me. Actually, there is career, your business. Yeah. There is your family life. It's so important. There is health and wellness. There is spirituality. There is environment, the environment you, you put yourself in. And for everyone's like, there's many more, you can decide your own. If you lay those all out on a board and you're intentional of what you're doing and you have the ability to prop those up, I think that balanced side is what success is. You can have a great family, great relationship and be successful. The second thing I think success is knowing that you can't do that all at the same time. There is seasons and lives in your life, weeks in a year, quarters or years in your life where there may be only two areas you can focus on. And I think that knowing that you cannot do it all, and sometimes you just have to be good enough in certain areas and focus your attention for years on one area is to me success too. So a balanced approach of the spheres and then knowing when to focus on those. I love that. Al, before we close out, any final questions for uh, Vince? No questions. I've been sitting here pretty quiet, listening, just taking it all in. And again, just every time we do these, I'm continually impressed from listening and hearing people like Vince talk about their journey and talk about what has made them successful. And you've said it a million times, Robin, but I agree. Just picking out a little bit of information and it's just really valuable. And I mean, that's the whole intention of this series really is to share out those little tidbits that if someone walks away with one thing, if someone decides tomorrow to practice gratitude and it changes their life, then you know what? We've done our job and I'm very happy. 100%. Vince, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. What's the best way for people to reach out to either you or if they have questions about your firm? Is there a website, LinkedIn? What's the best way? I'm on LinkedIn myself and I'm very happy if people reach out to support and our company's well over. And we've got a great website also out there. So yeah, any support that people need, reach out and we're here to help you. And you guys are are both inspiring too, because it takes a platform to do this stuff. So congratulations to you both. Well, I will tell our listeners, the word on the street is we know a few people over at your company, so you can always reach out to us too. So, (laughs) all right, that does it for today's episode, folks. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Vince. And hey, like always, I learned something new. If you have questions for Al or myself, feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one. One.